Hey guys, in this episode we go over UFC 229 and what exactly happened. We also talk a little bit about Bellator and their two back-to-back events this weekend. But first, let's talk about the 5th annual Dallas Crystal Cup Open. It has a feature division called the Ultimate Grappler Qualifier, which is a man's no-gi advanced absolute. The winner qualifies and advances to compete in Orlando, Florida, where the Ultimate Grappler 2018 will be crowned and a grand prize of $2,500 will be awarded. It's November 10th. Early registration starts Sunday, October 21st. Late registration is November 6th. And late, late registration is November 9th. Check them out on nucjjf.com. Welcome to the Hook J Podcast. Who the fuck is that guy? It's all said and done. I know one thing that I can do. I can fight. I can give it, and I can take it. You should have left me over on that other game that I'm from, that more ruthless game where we bounce heads off the canvas and drill them into the floor. You should have left me where I was. The show starts now. The UFC 229 happened. Not too long ago, I'm pretty sure you guys heard of it. Uh, there was a lot of interesting things we learned from it, and a lot of things that took place afterwards that were uh, that, that made the fight, you know, pretty much as big as they said it was going to be. But we'll get into that uh, first. You know, let's talk about the fight itself. I thought the fight was, you know, pretty much the way I thought it was going to go. Khabib came in, took him down, and that's pretty much where the fight was. Till the end of the second, beginning of the third, Connor got up. They were able to strike a little bit more. Uh, Khabib, his boxing was not as bad as people say they were. We actually got to see him throw some hands, and uh, he connected. He connected pretty damn well with Connor. Uh, you know, he took that uh, that wrestler approach with that big overhand right, connected, uh, then went right back to his game plan after he showed Connor that. Uh, you know, he can, and he will hit you. But other than that, I mean, the fight pretty much went the way I thought it was going to go. Did you have any any other thoughts on that? As much as I was rooting for Connor, this was an uphill battle for him. We all knew it going in. This is, uh, Khabib is just such a pressure fighter, and he did what he usually does. He went in there, he controlled it, put him on the ground, and did exactly what we all thought was going to happen. It took longer than expected, but I think Khabib kind of drug it out because he wanted him to be in there longer and make him feel it. Well, though, at the end of the, uh, I want to say it was the end of the second round, Khabib trying to finish it. The, uh, he took him down, and he hit Connor pretty good, and he just tried to pour it on. But Connor was able to survive off his back, which I was surprised on that. Uh, I was surprised that Connor did fairly good on the ground compared to most people. Uh, he did a lot better than what I think a lot of people thought. On yeah, his back. I think he had his feet on his hips more often than most people did, too. Yeah, he got him in his guard a few times, which I was surprised. And I was really surprised when uh, Khabib got on top of him and kind of figure forward his legs to trap him. And Connor just kind of slipped his legs right out, which is very surprising. Usually that doesn't happen. I don't know whether it was because the position Khabib was in or maybe he just didn't, you know, Connor was really good at, good at that. But it was pretty surprising when that happened. I, I even looked over at Dad, who was watching with me, and was like, Oh, you know, he's kind of fucked at this point, and he just pulled his legs right out, and I was like, well, that's that's pretty amazing, you know? But, uh, 
I thought it was pretty great. Connor surprised me on the on the back, you know, being on the ground like that. You kind of forget because it's been so long how you know how just how good he is on his on his back or on the ground in general. You know, he's not as bad as everybody thinks he is. He's just uh, so good in a different area. Yeah, you, you neglect to remember that he does have some acumen. Yeah, and then Khabib he really surprised I think everybody when he hit him with that right, and the Connor went down. Well, he set it up with a the feint on a shoot so he acted like he was going to shoot and you see you can, if you look at it in slow-mo Connor takes his weight off his right leg because he knows he's going to have to sprawl out of it and he just gets caught because he's he's just out of position boom I think uh, they both kind of played each other's games and uh, you know Khabib just had a better one out of, you know out of the fight Khabib had the plan I'm going to go in I'm going to take you down I'm going to grind you out Connor had sort of the plan of like he's going to come in take me down and I'm going to I'm gonna let him tire out because in the beginning of the third, the third round, Connor got him when they were standing up a couple times. Where I was like, "That's pretty," you know. I, I could tell what Connor was doing, especially after in the second when he, Khabib was clearly tired. But Connor kind of did the, did what I thought he was gonna do, just wait till Khabib's tired, then try to pour it on. Just wasn't enough. Um, he was a lot more resilient than Connor gave him credit for. That's for sure. That and I think uh, I think Khabib. Mm, Knowing the power of Connor, after he got hit, was like I'm pretty safe. Like I, I don't think the the shots really affected him that much, which says a lot about Khabib's chin. Yeah, and if you want to bring up the Michael Johnson fight, whenever he did get tagged and wobbled, there's always been the question of like how how healthy was he? Because that was during his terrible weight cut times, and where he just couldn't get down to size and he was having trouble doing a lot of things. He, he was just younger. He was a younger fighter, not doing things correctly. That, and now that he's got a higher nutritionist, he's over at that, uh, AKA. I, I rewatched the fight after he got hit. Like, right before we the Connor fight was on, I was going through watching some clips. And it looked like when Johnson hit him, he was going forward. So it looked like he just reacted to it a little bit because he kept pushing forward afterwards. Right, but then you got that diminished fighter going into that would still be any diminished fighter I yeah. could say would be rocked by that kind of hit I don't think it was severe as we thought it was I don't think the punch itself was I think there was other stuff going on and that's yeah. why a lot of people including myself and you we overplayed that that hit that yeah. one hit from Michael Johnson but so it was a pretty good fight between the two I think uh, it showed a lot between the two like there's gonna be a rematch cause all the hype around it which we'll get to in a minute but Connor's got a lot to learn, and Khabib, Khabib pretty much, I mean, he's pretty damn good at what he does. Uh, he's a little bit of improvement here and there, but I don't think he's going to do much. He's pretty set for pretty much anybody in that weight class. Every, everybody wants to see, you know, it'll probably be Connor again eventually, but I think everybody wants to see Ferguson now, see how that's going to. Maybe the MMA gods will allow it on the fifth try, not the. It'll be like the sixth try. It'll be the fifth, because they've tried it four times, I think. Either way. I was surprised to see them both make weight on the same card. Yeah. I like how they get to fight on the same card, just not against each other. That's, that was a bigger takeaway for me. But, as we all know, because we all have watched the fight at this point, Connor... Can, before we talk about the the actual brawl and everything that happened up, can we talk about the Pettis and the Ferguson fight? Yeah, sure. That That fight was just bloody hell. I loved it. It went pretty much uh, the way I would I would have envisioned it like a couple years ago before Ferguson got hurt because I was thinking the leg would have been 
more of a, a target for Pettis, which it really wasn't that much, which I, was a I surprise. I really think he had a really good opportunity because he was he was a lot more head hunting. Yeah, he hit him a few times, and you know Tony felt it. We, we know that Tony oh, yeah, well, he, he fell, he rolled out of it, and they went yeah, to each twice. Other. Yeah. He hit him, he hit him pretty good twice. Uh, you know, pretty much as far as Tony's game plan, he's always been like, "I'm gonna come in, I'm gonna cut you up with some elbows, and you're gonna bleed the rest of the fight." <laughs> Which I think it was, I thought they were gonna stop it because of a cut during the uh, the end of the second round. I was surprised he was like, "My hands broke, I couldn't do it." I thought I was gonna be because of cuts because. That one in his hairline was pretty bad. Um, I, I want to give a shout out to Duke Rufus for actually protecting his fighter on that one. Doing the right thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no fighter should have to fight with a severe injury. Uh, sometimes the the corner needs to step in, and Duke actually showed that he cared about his fighter on that night, and he let Pettis. And Pettis had no hard feelings about. It. He's like, hey, you did the right thing. You saved me. Um, but yeah, I just really appreciate the fact that a corner. The corners are finally starting to do what they should do whenever the refs are being negligent. Yeah, um, I thought it was it was pretty clear, uh, especially if a fighter like I, as a coach, I wouldn't want a fighter, you know, to get hurt worse than right. possible. Cause, Potentially, because Pettis is young. Pettis is only like thirty-one. He still has years in the sport if he wants. So uh, you want them to have a. A long career and a healthy career and one when they're done they can continue doing the sport and not in agony and pain every day because of some injury because they were too hard-headed to get out of the ring so you know good on Duke Rufus and you know I wish more corners would start taking that into account like the young lady who got mauled by Valentina her corner should have pulled that fight in case you don't know that was 230 hits to uh, like three so yeah her corner should have stepped on that one Definitely, definitely. That was one of the ones. Well, Bullet got a shot, a title shot out of that twice. Mm-hmm. So, but going forward, Connor Khabib. We all know how it ended. Uh, Khabib submitted Connor in the third, fourth, fourth, fourth round. round, right at the end too. And uh, in the the commentary during the fight, they were like, "Oh, he's got it underneath the chin." It really wasn't underneath the chin. It was on it. It was more of a neck crank than anything. Right. That may have been due to awkward positioning. Is what it was because they were right up against the cage. And, uh, you know, afterwards, as everybody should know by now, Khabib, Khabib, first of all, I give credit to Herb Dean because he, he, Khabib did not want to let go of that at all. And Herb did his job. However, no one could stop Khabib when he decided to jump out of the cage and go after Dylan Dennis. Well, the thing is, I here's where I'm back and forth on this issue. So Khabib gets the win. He secures the victory. He's all amped up. He's Looks over at, corner, at Connor's corner, and Dylan Dennis is over there, who's a Bellator fighter, who's uh, in Connor's corner, and helping him out. And I don't exactly know; nobody knows <clears throat> exactly what was said. There's some bits and speculation at this point, uh, but throughout the fight, they were, you know, they were arguing back and forth in the corner when they got over there. But uh, Khabib, in this state of mind, is emotionally just won. He just proved his point. Throws his mouthpiece over in that direction, continues to throw verbal jabs at Dylan Dennis, and then very quickly gets around the security guard that's in the ring, jumps the cage, goes out there, which we've seen fighters do this. Yoel Romero did it. He walked around the outskirt. Connor, Connor did it to Aldo. Connor did it twice. Yeah, I mean, if as long as you don't come off of that, you should be good, but... Khabib's feet touched that banister. He ran right at Dylan Dennis. 
and did the one thing you've probably never seen a Russian do is throw a flying kick towards Dylan Dennis, and a brawl started out there. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that as a fan, I don't want to see happen. You know, because I'm I'm a fan of the sport. I'm, it's looks bad on the sport, but as just a like a casual fan, like as a guy who's like I love this fucking thing, it's kind of nice to see some dude go out there, especially after someone's been talking shit the entire time. Right. Uh, however, it's kind of interesting uh, now. So, what does the UFC do now? Because it wasn't just Khabib. It was there was brawls happening all over the thing. Khabib jumps out. They go after so Dennis brawl. Brawl breaks out inside the cage. Connor tries to stop the guy on Khabib's team from hopping the fence and throws a punch down. So Khabib's team jumps in the thing, and all hell breaks loose inside there. It was a big, uh, interesting event yes. that happened. So Khabib goes over the the cage, goes after Dylan Dennis. Connor sees it. Connor gets up, goes to jump over the cage to go stop Khabib, even though he's tired, he's worn out, he just went 20 minutes. Got submitted. One of Khabib's cornermen jumps up on the cage next to him to go over the cage, and Connor swings at him. Now, here's where the debate comes in. Everybody's like, oh, Connor threw the first punch. He kind of got what was coming to him after. It's like, one, no, he didn't. Khabib, if you did not just watch this, already threw a flying kick and was trying, and him and Dan- Dylan Dennis were outside going. So, how does Connor throw the f- first punch whenever your teammate at, at Team Khabib over here is? Flying off the the banister there with the flying kick hitting somebody and starting a brawl out there. So you have to explain to me how Connor's the one that threw the first punch when the brawl's already started. And two, the the guys who jumped in the ring after, who flew over the cage and attacked Connor at that time, that is that is such a uh, I'm just gonna say it, that's such a bitch move because your team just won. You're taking the highlight off of your guy. By your antics. And yeah, Connor is in there, and Connor did say a bunch of shit in the press conference leading up to it. And you may be emotional, and he did just swing at your guy and tagged him. But your guy flew over the cage first. He had more than enough right to defend himself whenever somebody jumps on the cage next to him, and he doesn't know what's going on. For you to jump in the cage after that, both of you to swing at a guy who's been fighting for 20 minutes, that is the most cowardice shit you could do. Is it was it was a very hectic scene. It's not the first time this happened in uh, MMA. It's happened before, but it was the first time it happened on this scale in front of this many people. And it's interesting to see what happens next for these two fighters because now, afterwards, you know they held their purse. Connor got his eventually. Khabib got his belt. There's fines being handed out all over the place. It's a lot of shit that's going to happen between the two of them. But question is, how would you move forward? And it's very simple. There's going to be a rematch between them. At some point, there's going to be a rematch because there is no possible way they're going to waste that footage. right? They're going to replay the shit out of it, and they're going to have so many promotions built around it. I guarantee you, if they don't fire that guy that was in the, uh, the red hoodie that hopped over the fence, because that's a UFC fighter that's going to fight uh, Artem Lobo later in the... It's already canceled. Yes and no. It's talked about being canceled and not being canceled and a bunch of shit. They'll probably use it for that. They're definitely going to use it for the rematch whenever that happens. It's a lot of hype around the rematch at this point. But then again, 
Connor can't lose again. Otherwise, his whole credibility is shot. So do you just go from that to an automatic rematch between the two? No. Okay. I, I don't think Connor should go into an immediate rematch. What do you think should happen? They should build it, let it happen. Um, Connor needs another one or two fights, really. And <clears throat> because that'll give a chance. Let's say Connor fights Diaz again and wins, and then he fights somebody else. Uh, Aldo's been calling for a rematch. If he fights Aldo again and wins, then you have him on like a, a Vengeance World Tour. And then you have all these other clips that you can use. Because at the press conferences, Diaz is going to call him all kinds of names and say stuff about him tapping. Everybody's going to say stuff about him tapping. Then he's going to have a point to prove when he goes into the rematch with Khabib. So, ideally, I, if I was Connor and you want to keep this this rematch going, get one more or two more fights off your other big names that you could make money off of and then go into it. Let Khabib defend. Let Khabib defend. Get his moment. While you build yourself back up again, well, you, I say build back up, but it, you're not building Connor up. He's the biggest guy in the sport. What I mean is let let Connor do what Connor does to bring fans back to his side because I know he lost fans. Oh, he did. Oh, I know he lost fans. Ever, have you seen? Have you read the shit in uh, they're publishing in Ireland for the newspapers? I've seen some of the dude titles. He lost, and it's a shame on those newspapers because they shit all over Connor. They shit all over Connor, whereas you go a couple weeks before, they were all for him. They were there, and then they shit all over him because he lost. Well, it, that's nationalism for you, so. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure the same thing would happen to Khabib. If Khabib would have lost, there would have been a lot of people over in Russia and Dagestan who would not have been by his side anymore. Probably. I wouldn't doubt it. But like, it's kind of a shame on the, the Dublin newspapers over there, for sure. Well... The newspaper articles that I, I saw, all the headlines for them, some of them look like they're just there to catch, like, clickbait, trying to get you to, to read them. But some of them look like they're actually questioning his legitimacy in the sport, which is insane because without him the past five years, UFC would have been a lot lower, a well, lot less money-generating than it is. Here's the, the funny part. Ronda wasn't enough to carry the whole company. Here's the funny part about the uh, the casual fan of the UFC. is They work in newspapers? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is if you follow it casually, you're gonna you're gonna believe the hype of Connor, right? And when he loses, you're gonna believe, oh, he wasn't shit. Like the other day, I was at work, and a guy was like, oh, every time he gets in a tough situation, he quits, right? Well, Which is a soundbite that Floyd Mayweather said. That's a soundbite. You know, Floyd did the same fucking thing. It's a soundbite. Where in all actuality, he's fought the best in the world in weight classes, and he's came out on top most of the time. He's fought Jose Aldo, a 10-year champ. He fought Eddie Alvarez, who was the guy at the time. Right? Right. He fought uh, Max Holloway, who became champ. He became champ. And, you know, you can't say that's not, you know, those aren't guys that are of high caliber. They are high caliber. But to the casual fan, it's going to seem like, oh, he quits at these high-tier people, you know? Which is not true at all. It's a little upsetting as a as a fan of the UFC and MMA in general. You're like, I've, I've seen the guy do stuff. He just has to redeem himself in the eye of the public now, it seems like. What I don't understand is when somebody taps, 
why everybody thinks they're automatically a bitch. I'm like, people, just because you didn't go out on your shield, I guarantee you, if that was you and you had a chance to quit after being in there for 20 minutes and you're getting strangled and getting beat up, your ass would probably have quit in the first round due to strikes. So I don't want to really hear that stuff. It's, it's because people are completely unaware on what it's like to grapple. They're completely unaware on what it's like to be in that situation and have no possibility of escaping and going, well, I can either do this, I can go out, or I can tap in this right now, go on to the next one. That's a mission game, though, man. When, when people act like they would never tap, I guarantee you they would. And it's, it's really upsetting. Like so, I understand some of the fighters wouldn't, but there's been plenty of fighters who said, oh, I would never have tapped to that, who would tap later down the road to something very similar. Yeah, uh, there's, there's probably been plenty of them, but it's, it's just when people say that, it seems like they just don't know shit about grappling or being in that situation when, when someone's like strangling you, and you have that, uh, I don't know, maybe three, four, five seconds to make a decision, especially when they have it applied. Like, okay, I can either tap or I can just keep going down this fucking tunnel until that light's gone, and then I wake up, hopefully. I don't know if anybody out there listening to this has ever been knocked out or, you know, hit a manhole cover with their forehead and That sounds like out. that's like personal experience. That's a very specific experience. But being blacked out is not a fun experience. It's really not. When you see everything turn off like an old school TV, it's not a fun experience. So going forward from 229, I was thinking about this is how... How would I, if I was the UFC, how would I do this, right? And of course, you want the uh, the versus match, right? You want the big hype, the rematch, right? Connor and Khabib, that's the easy pick. What I would rather see is Khabib versus Dylan Dennis. Now, Dylan Dennis, he's a Bellator fighter. He's undefeated in there. I think he's only had like one fight or so professionally. Uh, I don't know enough about him. I just know that he's a Bellator fighter. He's a Bellator fighter. I think he's got only one fight professionally. And uh, that being said, he's got a big background in jiu-jitsu, which is great. So I'm not sure how his contract is with Bellator. I don't know how many fights. But I imagine the UFC can probably take him, right? Easily buy out his contract or whatever. If that is the case, you buy out Dylan Dan's contract. You feed him a couple people, a couple tomato cans if you want. Hype him up a little bit. Have him talk shit during the press conferences. Then you got Khabib versus, versus Dylan Dan's. That's the fight that would be great to see because they're going to talk shit between the two. He's be like, oh, I, I jumped out and I tried to punk you at the, the end of my fight. And then Dylan Dennis would be like, yeah, but I pieced you up in the fucking crowd. Because if you watch that video, Dylan Dennis lands a couple good strikes on him. Dylan Dennis got kind of concussed, though, because one of Khabib's boys hit him in the back of the head. Yeah. There's a video clip of that. And like That's in the back of the head, though. Yeah, everybody was commenting on, like, well, look at him, he's wobbly afterwards. Like, when they rolled the footage back, it's like, yeah, one of Khabib's dudes. This is twice now. That was his brawl. manager. It was the, the, the guy in the blue, hit Dennis in the back of the head. That was his manager. Ali? Ali yeah. Abdi, uh, whatever? Yeah. Really? Ah, that changes things. <laughs> well, like that's some shit. Right. Um, that That's two people in... Khabib's camp that are attacking people from behind. So I just want to again state it's such a bitch move on his part. On his whole camp. Like, 
as much as I like Khabib, I think he's a good fighter and he is one of the most impressive, dominant fighters you'll ever see in a cage. This this night, it just really spoiled a lot of people's opinions of him, which is sad because a lot of people did want to see Connor get in there and get beat up by a wrestler to show it, and it happened to be on a night that Khabib loses his shit. Well, the, the sad part about the whole thing is that what happens at the end overshadowed the entire card. Yes, you know, had some very good fights. Tony Ferguson and Pettis were good. The Derek Lewis knockout, which was the last like fifteen seconds, he shut that dude off with no problem. Rallied. Uh, there was a couple good knockouts on the undercard. There was the Aspen Lad completely dominating. Uh, yep. Tanya Evinger. She beat the hell out of that lady. Oh God, she that young girl beat the hell out of her mom. I should say because Tanya Evinger is like totally mom body. Pretty much, yeah. She's the one that Cyborg beat the hell out of. I'm aware. It was a good card. Um, it was just it's it's overshadowed by what happened at the end. Yes, sir. It happened to be the biggest card in UFC history. It got the most pay-per-view buys in history. They've estimated, I think, a solid day at 2.4 million. Something like that. And the previous one was only at like 1.9. It's pay-per-view buys. It doesn't count how many people were streaming it. That's many, that's total so far. They've estimated up to two point four yeah, million. Yeah, that's that's buys though. That's how many people are streaming it. So I imagine there was a lot more people watching it, you know. Plus those people that like bought it and then have every other people come over, you know, to watch it right, like the right. viewing party. So I, a lot of people watched that fight. Everybody was really talking about it the next day, especially because of what happened. Uh, it's a very interesting card. So going forward, UFC two thirty is next. And that card was recently saved by the uh, DC Lewis fight that's happening. Derek Lewis, who just fought on the 229 card, got offered a chance to go against Daniel Cormier for the heavyweight title, which he was reluctant to get a title shot, according to his uh, post-fight scrum. But I guess they offered him a few more zeros and to save that card. That's exactly what it is, I think. Uh, which Stipe is not very happy about. Yeah, he's not very happy at all. I think uh, everyone knows Stipe deserved the, the next title shot. He deserved a rematch. Um, but I doubt he'll ever get one because DC's going to retire here pretty soon. So He'll get a chance to get his belt back, though. He'll get it back eventually, hopefully. I can't tell the future. But uh, you never know. That's 230. Two th- you know, they announced for the rest of the year. Well, for 230, the reason DC and... Derek Lewis were brought in to save that card because people were not very happy about the Valentina and uh, Ciara Eubanks. I don't know if that's her name because nobody knew who Ciara Ciara was. She is so, a three and two fighter. Three and two fighter. That gets they a, are practically just throwing shot. out there to get a title shot, which uh, Ciara was really happy about. But now that UFC is like, okay, we need an actual fight for this because we can't just throw a can out there. They uh, double salt through this mirage we we got. Yeah, people, you might as well just gave her the belt if that was the actual. They fight. people were pretty much up in arms about this. Like, this is not a pay per view worthy main event. Maybe a co main because maybe if it was Joanna, I would understand them being the main event. But because it's Valentina, who everybody thinks would have beat Nico anyways uh, for the vacant title that's up there now, 
putting her up against Yolanda was the right move, but then they gave her Ciara Eubanks, and everybody's like, who is Ciara Eubanks? Ciara Eubanks. So, good on the UFC to actually put in fighters that we know. We, one of them's coming off a very impressive knockout win, and DC stepping up to take out somebody who is very dangerous. Who is very dangerous, and that's a big boy to try to toss around, too. Which, I'm pretty sure DC can just take him to the cage and grind him out, but He's got to worry about that massive right that could come at any time. As we just saw, 15 seconds left in the first round. Well, we know laid out Vulcan, who'd been piecing them up all night. We know what Darius is going to do. He's going to he's going to wait for that right hand. You know, he takes the Dan Anderson approach. Dan Anderson built a career around that right hand. H bomb. And and uh, won that fight. And you know, more than likely, Cormier is going to take him in and grab him, put him in the cage grind him out and if he gets him down on the ground that's probably just going to stay Cormier's not going to take a chance and go in there swing him wildly I don't I don't think uh I don't know you know I can't tell you what's going to happen but I would put my money on DC on that fight just off what happened plus he's undefeated heavyweight chances are it's going his direction you know if Derek Lewis goes in there and pulls a John Jones and just like leg kicks him into oblivion or just overhand rights him to sleep, I would be very, very impressed. You know, what's funny is Derek Lewis is one of the few that a uh, few heavyweights that'll throw a high kick. Yeah, uh, very few. So you never know. Maybe he's like, "Fuck it," just pulls the trigger on it, <laughs> throws it, wham, puts him to sleep. Because I don't know about you, but I would hate to get kicked by Hasn't like, a three hundred pound like a, dude. A flying knee or two here and there. I could. Yeah, he, his feet I was like, come off the ground, which is amazing. There's been a few times I've been like, oh, big boy can kick. Yeah. <laughs> that's 230, 231. They knocked a couple more fights, but that's not until December, or late November. That'll be in December. That's the December card. We'll probably go over that the next card. And I am very excited about that one. Your main event's going to be... Don't tell him. Why not? Surprises. Going to ruin all the other stuff. Okay. They know already, by the way. I mean, these people that watch this, they know. They're in the know. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're on Twitter and shit, and I'm pretty sure they keep up with the news. And, uh, you know, the MMA news, and it always tells you the same five things all day for the next week. God, MMA And they fighting. drag the shit through the mud. MMA fighting and bloody hell were so bad. <laughs> bloody, uh, the underground's pretty bad, too. I get it. You made an article. I don't need to hear about your one article for every ten minutes. It's like, after, yeah. after UFC 229 came out... It was every day they were like, and then this happened, and then Khabib did this, and then Connor did this, and then this happened. Oh, this happened backstage. New and evidence like, proved I get I said it. earlier about something we saw from a different angle. Yeah, like it's... Yeah, I, yeah, I don't understand the MMA media. Like, say it once, move it the fuck on, you know? Well, there's not as many games for them to keep talking about. It's mm. not like baseball where there's 100 games a day. So. No, there is, but it's the most popular thing to talk about, you know? It's not like us where we review... Or we talk about local fights, local events. So look forward to some more coverage of the uh, Dallas Crystal Cup Open. That'll be happening here locally. It's uh, somewhere in November. I think it's November 10th. Yep. Uh, we will be getting more information. Hopefully we'll get some footage from while we're there this time. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, it's happening in Dallas over at the Sportsplex, I believe. So going forward from that, and everything's wrapped up with the UFC... Until probably next week, we'll, we'll start talking about the other events coming up 
breaking down a little bit more. Nothing in October now until the end of the month. I believe it's the 25th, 27th. Is Maybe. that 2.30? In the month? No, no, that'll be... Or is the, that fight nights? That'll just be a regular fight night. That should be the Anthony Smith and Volkan fight. Oh, okay. That's cool. Over on FS1. Is that the Ocho? <laughs> no, that would be the 8th. Oh, sorry. So there's nothing really else, but... Bellator is this weekend. Bellator has their two big events this weekend, which the card is pretty amazing. The first one, I've seen a couple of the, the people on the card. I'm, I'm going to definitely watch the one happening tomorrow. The other one I haven't really checked out, but the one happening tomorrow. This should be the semifinals for the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix that's been going on all year. The first semifinal of the Heavyweight Grand Prix in Bellator takes place tomorrow that's matt mitrione versus ryan bader aka ryan the masturbator really <laughs> no i doubt that's his name he's his got name? a youtube series wow really yeah it's called it's some it's it masturbator is like his thing but i don't know exactly what it is all right yeah masturbation joke in, in mma is pretty amazing but matt mitrione especially if he's a wrestler he is Matt Mitrione, who uh, is the number one in their heavyweight division, versus Ryan Bader, who is the light heavyweight champ of their division. Uh, this should be pretty interesting between the two. Both UFC vets, uh, both really good records. Matt Mitrione has a 13-5 record. He's been, you know, he was a UFC vet, very heavy-handed. He was on the Ultimate Fighter heavyweight. Uh, Matt or Ryan Bader. 25 and 5 he's got very good ground game he's he's really up there with the ground game he's a very good wrestler going into this I think this is probably the better of the two fights that are happening two main events at least Matt Mitrione big heavy dude however he slimmed down which I thought was pretty amazing Ryan Bader usually a small guy he came up I think he came in like 20 pounds heavier than Mitrion? Yeah, it came in like 25 pounds almost, I think. Yeah. Crazy. So, Mitrion, you know, he, he saw what was coming. He saw a light heavyweight coming up, and he's like, I need to be faster. And he lost weight to do it, which is amazing. That's a, that's a smart move in Mitrion's, you know, in his... That's really good conditioning and prepare work yeah. for your opponent. It's good preparation. Yeah. Is what it is. And Ryan Bader, I think... You know, that's a tough dude to get past with anybody, you know. So the question is, you know, it's a flip of a coin at this point. It's who's going to get who. And going on from here to the next fight, which is the day after, which was amazing, they do the day after. Yeah, Bellator did something really interesting. They did two cards back-to-back. It's 208, Bellator 208 and 209. October 12th is 208, 209 is October 13th, which I think is a genius move, honestly. Yeah. Well, I also think they're trying to give... The finalists, the last two guys, more time to prep for each other and give them an actual fight camp. Well, they want them at the same time, so it's not like, oh, this dude has seven months to prepare and this dude has three, you know? So the next day is, as we all know, or if you follow Bellator, you'll know, is Fedor versus Chael Sonnen. So Fedor versus Chael. This is an interesting uh, fight for me. Chael... As we know, is a little bit lighter than Fedor. He, he usually fights at light heavyweight. That was his thing. 
I think he might have fought at heavyweight maybe once before. But Chell has that uh, attitude, or at least what he says, is like, I'll fight any weight. He's got the gangster weight, as he likes to say. And Fedor uh, just kind of looked at him composed like he normally does. Okay. Between the two, this should be fairly interesting. I think it's probably going to be more of a ground game than anything. Chell always has this, I'm going to come in and I'm going to win. I'm going to try to win. I'm not going to try to finish you. And Fedor has the, uh, I'm going to beat you at any cost type of a deal, which is like, if I can hit you, I'm going to hit you. If I can take you down and beat you there, I'm going to beat you there. Chell needs to be careful. Chill needs to be really careful since he's a light heavyweight moving up. He's going to lose some of his power. These guys are bigger boys, and he's these guys have been fighting at this weight class for a while. Fedor is really heavy-handed. I think he's a last emperor for a reason. He was Pride's champion for so long for a reason. He's, I think Chael is entered the tournament thinking that he could out wrestle most of the people and outlast them. I think he and I think too. he can. Because Fedor's a little bit older than him. You know, he's been around for a while. He's been in some Fedor really bad is wars. the name. The name. And I think Chael still has that thought that I can out-wrestle him. But Fedor, everyone forgets that he's a Sambo champ. He's really good at keeping you down on top. The question is, how good is he on the bottom? Which is something a lot of people forget. You can't really, you know... You can't deny how good Chael is at wrestling either. Because he went four and a half rounds with... Um... Anderson Silva, one of, one he, of the greatest ever. He beat Anderson Silva all those rounds until the very Four end where he got trapped end. with the triangle. Yes. And Not so much Anderson Silva knew that going into it because he was like, fuck, I'm so happy I got this. I managed to slip this in, you know. Yeah, but, he, he, got, he got lucky on that one. You know, you can't count out Fedor's power with heavyweights. The last thing to go was the power, right? So you can't quite count him out. Chell, I'm pretty sure he can probably push him to the cage and take him down, but who knows at this point. Uh, we've only seen Fedor fight, I think, once since he came out of retirement. So, who knows. I'm more interested to see who goes on, right? Because it's going to be two out of these four guys. I would love to see Bader versus Chell. I think that'd be a good matchup. That would be an amazing matchup. I think it'd probably be the best one out of the group. Say there's a, a rematch between Mitrione and Fedor. That first one ended kind of quickly. I don't think it will sell very well. Say it becomes Mitrione and Sonnen. Then that's going to be a little interesting between the two. Uh, exactly how that's going to go down. I think Chell's probably going to try to wrestle him. And maybe Mitrione put on a little more weight. Try to get on top of him. If it's Bador versus Fedor, that's a good selling point right there. <laughs> it's a good rhyming B- Bader versus Fedor. <laughs> Bader versus Fedor. Uh, that's a good, you know, little spill. I, I, I think the two people to watch in this tournament was Mitrione and Bader, and they're fighting tomorrow, which that's just a luck of the draw for them, I guess. <laughs> exactly how that happened. It's going to be interesting to see. These two. Plus, you get two nights of fights. I think Bellator kind of missed an opportunity to uh, capitalize on two weekends that the UFC doesn't have anything going on by skipping next week. They could have put 209 next week, too. Um, they would have just been a week apart instead of doing them day-to-day. But uh, um, I think that's a missed opportunity on their part, but I'm so happy to have two days of fighting back-to-back. That's not two different organizations. It's one organization. I've always wished the UFC would do like a 
a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing and just kind of like dominate the weekend. Uh, kind of way fo- American football does where they do Saturday is college, Sunday is, um, well, you get your Thursday night football. You get that one game or those two games to start off, one for each division. You get the little teaser. Right? Yeah, the then, you get, like, uh, then you get a day off. Then you get Saturday, which is college ball. Then you get Sunday, which is professional. Then you get Monday night football to end out the week. So you get these four or five days in a row. I wish... Um, I wish UFC would do that because I, I like watching MMA, man. I could watch it all day. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting they decided to to go with the the Saturday Sunday or the uh, Friday Saturday. That's something you don't see that often. And I thought it was weird. Is I think they're on like Dazen now. Yeah, Dazen like the Paramount Network. Or... I don't know how to say this damn thing. I think it's Dazen, right? Or is I it D A Z D A Z N? I don't know. I know it's on an app. We're not sponsored by them or anything, but like it's spelled really weird. How you, is it D-A-Z-N? D-A-Z-N. How the hell do you pronounce it? Dazen. Dazen. Rattlin. Dazlin. I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. I know they have a bunch of other stuff on there. A bunch of fights on there. Yeah, they do a lot of boxing stuff. They do KSW on there too. So Should looking forward fun. to a good weekend. <laughs> Friday and Saturday fights, so... If you're looking forward to or you ain't got anything to do, you can watch the Bellator fights. Should be on the Days and Network. Paramount Network, whichever one it is. Yeah, there's really not much happening on the MMA news circuit. Is there anything going on with uh, you? Did you talk to anybody on Twitter? No, I've been... Due to uh, some things going on in my personal life, I have been very Twitter quiet recently. Then radio silent. Yes. If you must know, I was on a very interesting camp trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, you told me about it. It was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, nothing else really happened with us since the uh, the Connor fight. Cowboy Fighting Series follows us now, which is kind of cool. Shout out to um, Jeremy Hudson. He uh, hit us up on Twitter. He's fighting at XKO, which was kind of cool to tell him exactly how... Uh, you know how good he was even though he lost the fight he did pretty damn well uh we're working on uh covering a lot more events as i said in the last one uh if you guys know anything about any tournaments coming up of any kind boxing kickboxing muay thai wrestling jujitsu any of it judo you know i don't know you, you do gung fu on the weekends and you have a tournament coming up you got a guy who uh who, who knows how to who, you know he dresses up like it man did you say gung fu Gung. Gung Fu. Gung Fu. Use a gun? No. Okay. Dumb Westerner. If you guys know about any tournaments coming up, put it in the comments section. That'll help us out. Uh, if you guys want to talk to us, give us some feedback. Put that in the bottom, too. That would help us out. A lot of things that would help us out. Just talk to us. We're very lonely. Anyway, like, share, subscribe. I wouldn't tell you to do that, but that would help. You got anything? Nothing. At all. Nothing. <laughs> Alright. Did you follow us on Twitter? Did you follow us on Twitter? I followed us on Twitter. Did you follow us on Twitter? What was the handle you followed on Twitter? Uh, that's a good question. You can follow us on Twitter at HookedJP. Not HJ Productions, because that's the one Jacob wanted, but they wouldn't give it to him. Or at HookedJustin. 
either way, uh, you'll keep up with what we're doing, and uh, you know, you might hear some funny things or not, or you know, just whatever. Help us out, please. We're poor. We live in a box. Shh. Don't tell them that. Don't talk to them. <laughs> All right, have a good one, guys. Later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hook J Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. See you next episode. Sometimes you've got to do what's right for you and not do what's right for everybody else.